This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's our weekly hockey podcast with Brian Metzer, the Pittsburgh Penguins Radio Network. Tim Benz with you on the Fans First Network, Breakfast with Benz. And I feel like we are doing this podcast with Mets on Leap Day, on the first day of the 13th month, on the 8th day of the week. My God, the Penguins have scored a power play goal. Is it possible? Cats and dogs living together, up is down, day is night. Mets, did it really happen? Did the Penguins really score not one but two power play goals in route to that victory against the Arizona Coyotes on Tuesday night? Don't doubt your eyes, Tim Benz. You saw it happen. You heard it happen. It did happen. One time it even happened off the stick of Jeff Carter, which in (laughs) and of itself is an apocalyptic event. So I don't know. I was checking the horizon all evening long because those were at least two seals being cracked open. And I feel like we are teetering on the edge of some sort of Armageddon. So they got the goals, both of which kind of originated from the goal line out. Is that what Mike Sullivan is talking about when he said after the game, some tweaks in the scheme? I believe so. Um, If you listen to Paul Steigerwald, he, he will take full credit for that. Because he has been saying for a long time on our post-game show that he loves those uh, behind-the-goal-line type plays. And it's funny that they scored uh, one right off of it directly when they fed Sidney Crosby down low and he found Jake Gensel. But yes, I believe that's the change in scheme. Because we've seen the Penguins have success with that, Tim, where they do that high to low. And then it's almost like a bump pass. 
throw it low and it comes out quick into the slot area or in and around that spot and somebody set up for a one-timer there and they've found ways to score that way. I don't know why they haven't done it more frequently, but it certainly looked good uh, on the Jake goal last night. They had a couple other opportunities that way as well. They had seven total power play shots. So I think it's something that we might start to see more of. And, and you can't do it every single time, but for sure you can have success from below the goal line because it causes a lot of misdirection for the goaltender. And I think even the defenders, because they don't know which side of the net to go chasing somebody, especially if it's Sidney Crosby directing traffic and kind of uh, making a play a la Wayne Gretzky from the office behind the net. So, yes, I think that is one of the big changes in scheme that they are, are starting to employ. Also, though, Sid himself playing over in that area was a change. They got him down low. They had Pustin in up high on the left side, kind of working the half wall, but but a little bit higher, not quite on the point. They had a middleman uh, working almost in an, um, an umbrella spot. We saw Eric Carlson there. Chris Letang was there when he scored the or shot the puck that Jeff Carter tipped in. And then Gino was able to just kind of be on his right side where he's usually been pretty comfortable setting up for one-timers, et cetera, over there. But I, I think the most intriguing thing, Tim, was Pustin and Sid working on the left side um, halfway down and then Sid kind of in that lower goal line area able to make plays from that spot. Mike Sullivan said afterwards, it's just nice to see the glass half, half full. I wouldn't leave it half full very long. I drink and celebrate the fact that this streak is finally over. And you know what? They got a chance to build on it, Matt's going up against Montreal. That's not a good penalty kill team. 28th in the league. Uh, they are one of the most penalized teams in terms of power play opportunities allowed. And in terms of power play goals allowed, only San Jose has allowed as many as they have. Yeah, I think you could this this was a a good opportunity that lies ahead for them here Tim because for me as much as it was impressive to see them score the two power play goals last night if you look at what they've done this season they had scored power play goals in only four games over the entire course of their schedule and in two of those I believe they had scored multiple. They haven't been able to stack them. So this is a good opportunity for them to go up against a a a bad PK that you just pointed to someone that's given up a lot of opportunities and a lot of power play goals. And it gives them a chance to score maybe in consecutive games and maybe start to put a little bit of a streak together in the right direction, because until they do that, or at least start to score them every couple games here, I don't know that they're going to be off the schneid because getting them in one game is great. Getting them in multiple games is how you start to turn the tide and get yourself the points in the standings that you need, because had that power play been there for them, They'd have a, a heck of a lot more points than they do right at this moment, and they'd be better off in their division and, and through the Eastern Conference with the power play that was more effective. So tonight's a good test. We'll see if they can't st stack a couple. Brian Metzer, Pittsburgh Penguins Radio Network. Listen to him during intermissions, post-game, Pens Live Weekly with Paul Steigerwald. Speaking of Steige, is there anything else you'd like to take credit for, Metz? Um, <clears throat> there's things that we haven't heard or found out about yet today that we'll be taking credit for. Um, and, and it could just be by the end of tonight's game, Tim, he will have had the idea. He will have instructed the boys. No, and I'm just teasing him in case he's listening to this. We know we, you know, we love you stag, but he, uh, he does that a lot. I'll be like, I told Jock Martin that that's what I would have done with the line combinations. And lo and behold, that's what they did. <laughs> I was talking about more like figuring out like the moon landing was a hoax or, you know, who really killed Kennedy, something important like that. Not, not this hockey oh, oh, stuff. Tim, that's a whole other set of uh, credit right there. There's a lot of those worldwide type credits that, that he takes. 
I just thought you meant in the hockey realm. What else from the Penguins game last night struck you? I mean, I know the story going into the game was Logan Cooley getting his debut in Pittsburgh with the Arizona Coyotes. Um, And then, you know, pretty much after that first power play goal was scored, we all knew that even if there wasn't a second power play goal scored, if the Penguins won, that was going to be the the story. And then Carter scored, like you said, not only on that power play, but also shorthanded. I mean, I I don't know about you, but along with Cooley being on the ice, just the overall penalties, that felt like an NFL crew officiating that game. (laughs) Well, you had seven minors in the first period and three power play goals both teams chipping in in the, in that capacity. So that was crazy. And what I, what I think was kind of interesting, Tim, was that the Penguins in the past, when that sort of game had occurred where there'd be a lot of penalties and you'd, you know, you'd play most of a period at less than, than even strength where you you've seen them either killing or being up a man. It tends to disjoint them a little bit and it almost messes up their entire approach to the evening. They bounced back really well and had 18 shots in the second period. And for any little flaw that did pop up throughout the game, I thought they gave up a few too many opportunities, even though they doubled up, plus doubled up almost, uh, the shots against the Coyotes. They they were able to hide a lot of that with their offensive output, their power play, etc. And they were in the uh, offensive zone probably a heck of a lot more than the Coyotes were. Their fancy stats looked pretty good. Their court seat was, <clears throat> excuse me, really good. But I would I would say for me, the stories were the power play, Jeff Carter getting it going a little bit with the shorty and the power play goal. I I think that Jake Gensel was a a standout player. He just continues to do Jake Gensel things. He had seven more shots on goal last night with nine attempts, two more goals. He has quietly taken over the team lead in scoring, uh, which he was doing earlier this season, and he let it slip to Sidney Crosby. But here he is again, jumping right back to the forefront. And one, one more thing that we should probably talk about here, Tim, the Penguins' third line started to look effective again for the first time in a long time. They had a pretty good night. Lars Eller wasn't great in the faceoff circle, but overall they generated a lot more scoring attempts than they gave up. And that's something that they weren't doing for a little while there. They had really fallen apart with the loss of Drew, o- uh, Drew O'Connor moving up the lineup. I thought that they, they looked like they're starting to maybe get a handle on a little bit of a third line again, which is which is something very good for this hockey team. They didn't take it easy on Cooley, did they? I mean, he was struggling out there. They knocked him on his wall at once. I think that was Riley Smith. He was 0 for 6 in the faceoff circle. Uh, didn't have a point. It was a minus 1. And I don't even think registered an official shot on goal. No, he had the four attempts, Tim. That was it. Two wide and two on net. Or, I mean, two blocked. I mean, sorry about that. And uh, no shots, to, to your point. He was a minus 1. He did play 16-34. And I would say if you were paying paying a close attention to the to the little to the little things you may have been impressed with him i saw him make a couple plays where he read plays very well he got to areas where a smart hockey player would get to um he did that offensively and defensively but overall it was probably a little bit of a dubious return home with over 100 friends and family in attendance i know i saw mark madden tweet out that he spoke to him post game and the kid requested over 100 tickets for the game and then Travis Marzina that we both know from my heart, he knows the family and knows some of them. He said he was in the luxury suite with them. He said it was a huge contingent. So they all were able to watch um, Logan get his block knocked off by Riley Smith. I know you mentioned that hit. Are you surprised there wasn't a penalty on it? I thought maybe there would be, but I think that was the league saying, hey, Rook, 
welcome aboard to the NHL. That's a veteran that hits you. Take it and like it. Yeah, concussions don't matter if you're a rookie. Correct. I mean, it, it, even though you're one of the brightest upcoming stars in the league, you don't need that uh, thinking capacity, that brain, or anything else. Speaking of NHL inconsistencies, what did you make of you know the Perron Larkin uh, Senators situation with the way that went down uh, between Detroit and Ottawa, and the Good Branson thing with Columbus, where he went crazy at from Florida, one of the Florida Panthers that he took out. Yeah, I saw it last night, and I didn't see the whole Good Branson thing. I just know he got suspended a game out of it. And he, all I'll say about it, Tim, is it, it's just very frustrating when you see how the league handles different events across the board. Um, you just you can never really know how it's going to go. You and I can look at a situation, I mean, even like the, the hit we just talked about, and and say that, oh, that's no doubt going to be a penalty, and it doesn't even get called. Then you see something that looks maybe um, – a little lesser and it ends up resulting in a suspension. Uh, we've seen situations where you got a guy tomahawking someone's head off Jacob Truba and he gets a fine. Uh, how's it not a suspension? I mean, the, the league is so broken in how it handles discipline and how it handles player safety that it's, it's to a frustrating extent. And until somebody, a big name specifically, and that doesn't even matter. Because we saw it with Sidney Crosby when he got the elbow to the head in the playoffs the other year. Um, we also saw whenever Tom Wilson went nuts against the Rangers and went after Artemi Panarin. Because I was just about to make the point and say, until a star gets hurt, no one's going to care. Well, we've seen stars get hurt at the hands of guys that are less than, and they still don't care. So until they really find some, and, and I know you really can't dumb it down to a total, you know, this is exactly what you do in a certain situation because things do differ so much, but you should have some set standard of rules that if this incident occurs, this is at least the beginning point and the end point to whatever sort of penalty we're going to get. It shouldn't be anything. It shouldn't be a, a fine for one guy and a five game suspension for the other guy for the exact same thing. That's what we see too often. And it's very frustrating. If the Capitals really do move their arena, is it going to be harder for Penguin fans then to march to the steps of the Washington Monuments? It's uh, the portrait gallery. The portrait gallery. That they, yeah, and um, I think that Penguins fans, just to be jerks, will go to the portrait gallery still and celebrate on the stairs. They'll have people in the stands at the new building, and they'll have a contingent of people that they send into D.C. just for the Let's Go Penge chant on the steps. Now, one thing, though, did you see moments after the news broke that Ted Leonsis was going to have the presser today in Virginia and they were going to be at the new building? The uh, mayor in D.C. who I just for me, I think Ted doing that is sending a big message that uh, we're not really loving the situation in D.C. at the moment. Uh, it's not so great, maybe in and around the building. Uh, we've heard some stories to that extent. I know they're not saying that's what it was, but I wouldn't be shocked if that played into it. But she all of a sudden came out and there's a five hundred million dollar renovation plan of course, for the building in of course there is. Of course there is. Yes. Yeah. The, the moment that presser comes up and now I'm starting to think. Was this just a, we're going to come to your building for three years kind of thing while they renovate the building in D.C. and we'll go back because now that we forced their hand, that's where we really want to be? I just found it so interesting that that announcement followed the other the other almost within hours. He, you know, the, the caps are moving. The Wizards are moving. Boom. Here we go. Uh, we're going to renovate the building in D.C. 
Mets, appreciate it. Feel better. I know you're fighting it. Thanks for carving out some time for us, and we'll check in again next week. Uh, Hopefully you can get through the Montreal game in one piece. We'll make it happen, Tim. Thanks for this, as always. You know I would not miss a great hockey conversation with my buddy Tim Ben, so thanks for this, as always. And we'll do it again next week as we prepare for the holiday season. Brian Metzer, Pittsburgh Penguins Radio Network. All right, Mets, thanks. Thanks, my friend. I appreciate it. All right, later. Okay, talk to you later. Bye. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.